0: So good morning, Charged Up Studio listeners. I am so glad you're here with us once again today. Um, This is Dana Olivo, your host and CEO of Marketatomy LLC. Today, we have a very exciting guest with us in this studio. This gentleman has not only served our country as a Marine, but he continues to serve as a mouthpiece for veterans and entrepreneurs through his business, Warrior Enterprises, and his podcast, The Warrior's Voice. He is an international best-selling author with his book, The Warrior Entrepreneur. But that's not all. He, last year, he was a Wyoming City Council member and has testified before the U.S. House of Representatives Small Business Committee. Wow a man truly fighting for the small business entrepreneur, please welcome Zachary Green to Charged Up Studio. Welcome, Zachary.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about our chat today and get a chance to uh, speak with your listeners.
0: No, definitely. I'm really excited to have you here. So is it Zachary or Zach?
1: Well, Zachary, when I'm in trouble, Zach, any other time. And if you use my middle name and Zachary, then I know I'm in really big trouble. Okay.
0: Okay. Usually mom or dad are the only ones who do that.
1: <laughs> or That's your correct. wife. <laughs> well, my wife first, then mom or dad. But yes, all yeah. three of them have done it multiple times.
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay. So what is it about you that instills the dedication and commitment you have demonstrated through your career?
1: You know, I think from a very, very young age, it's been this sense of wanting to serve others. And if I really unpack it, the psychologist to me, it's because I struggled a lot growing up. Um, I had very severe ADHD. I had dyslexia, went to eight different schools from kindergarten through high school. Um, now, it's funny, they call it ADHD when you're in school, but when you get out of school, it's called multitasking. And then all of a sudden, you're this great energetic multitasker and all great entrepreneurs can do multiple things and be energetic about it. So it was this drive of people telling me when I was younger that you're not going to amount to much. You're not going to do any good. And I feel like everything in my life since then has been to show them not only that it's wrong, but to help other people out because I guess I felt like I didn't have enough that I could give to society in those early years. Um, Mm -hmm. Hmm. A deep love for our country, a deep love for the Marine Corps specifically and you know that was something that happened at a very early age and um, my whole life was geared up to go into the Marines and then when I got out of the Marines it was all about how I can honor our corps and 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 all the uh, intangibles and and things that the Marine Corps stands for.
0: The Marine Corps is a very difficult
1: branch of the military
0: it's 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 quite challenging. <laughs>
1: Well, and that's why I chose it. You know, the the concept of my book, Warrior Entrepreneur, where iron sharpens iron, where, you know, adversity and difficulty help make you grow, really was one of the reasons that attracted me to the Marine Corps specifically. If I look back and I had the opportunity to serve, I wanted to serve not necessarily the best, but the toughest, because then that way I know that I could accept that challenge and I could grow from that. And, um, you know, that's the big difference between warriors and non-warriors is the warrior is always going to take the harder route because that's the most fulfilling route. That's the one that you can accomplish the most, grow the most, learn the most from.
0: Right, right. And when you compare that to business nowadays, especially with micro entrepreneurs and small business, that that uh, that gridiron that you talk about. That iron grit is what's needed in order to be an entrepreneur nowadays. Um,
1: I couldn't agree more. And I will tell you, I I went through some tough stuff, both as a Marine, as a Marine Corps infantryman, um, then as a firefighter, nothing. And I mean, nothing has been as difficult as the journey of entrepreneurship has been. And when I talk to people that are thinking about doing this, they think, oh, I'm just going to get the Ferrari and I'm going to be able to retire in my 40s or whatever, They don't. And yes, you can do all that. But the amount of work that you have to put in is so significant. You know, 90 percent of entrepreneurs fail by the 10th year. The main reason is because the founder just says, I can't do this anymore. It's just too tough. There is an answer to every single problem that's out there for entrepreneurship. The challenge is, do you have the grit, the fortitude and the courage to do all those requirements that it takes to get to those um, challenges and, and, and conquer those.
0: And there will be a lot of challenges. This is what, you know, a lot of um, entrepreneurs don't realize is the fact that, you know, when you decide that you're going to go out and, and start your own business, uh, there there are, you're going to be putting in more hours than you are working in a job. J-O-B. You're going to be doing so much more. But the difference is, is what underlies that things if you're if the, the thing the hours and the and the energy that you put into that business you know i've i've heard so many early stage business owners say that you know yes i'm putting in 60 70 hours a week for my business but it's a different type of stress level it's 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 for me it's not for making somebody else you know um, you know
1: rich well you know i'm a couple of quotes. The the first one comes to mind is you know, entrepreneurs will spend several years of their life like no, most people could never imagine. So they can live the rest of their life like most people never could. And then the other one that that really sits in is just the the amount of difficulty and the challenge that it takes to kind of go through that process. And you do get paid last. But if you work for somebody else, the harder you work, the better off they're going to be. If you work for yourself, the harder you work, the better off you're going to be.
0: And that's exactly it. So tell us why you started your business, uh, the warrior and en- entre- entrepreneur.
1: An- yeah, so the you know my my business that I really started that that I built was called um, Lumaware. Um, we had actually the company was called Emanate. Uh, I use the words. M, the letter N and the number eight, because it sounds like it emanates. It's all about glow-in-the-dark materials, which I'll explain in a second. Um, I'm a firm believer that any brand has to be around solving a problem. And I learned this a lot when I was in the pharmaceutical industry at Eli Lilly for almost 10 years, working on billion-dollar brands. I got out of the Marine Corps. I felt really guilty because two years later, uh, September 11th happened. So I wanted to find a way to continue to serve our country and give back. I became a volunteer firefighter and almost um, within the first couple of weeks, I got lost in the fire and it was a really horrifying, scary situation. And I wanted to find out what was the problem was that you can't see in the dark. You got 80 pounds of gear on, you're crawling around and, and total disorientation. Mm-hmm. The solution is how can I come up with a solution to that problem, not seen in the dark. And what I came up with was utilizing this glow in the dark material. Think of it as like a glow in the dark on steroids. It literally takes a couple seconds to charge up. will glow for hours, sometimes days, found a couple of really smart uh, developers and inventors to help me kind of put this together. And I built a brand around that and made products that went on like your helmets of the fire gear on your axes, on your tools. Um, Every time I'd go into a fire, guys would come out and say, Who is that guy with the green glow around their helmet down the hallway? I could only see him and nothing else. And I'd have him in my trunk and I'd sell a couple here or there. And over the next six months, I sold him out of the trunk of my car, made about $5,000. Um, and what would happen is I'd go into a fire station and I'd say, hey, guys, I'm Zach. I'm a firefighter from the Cincinnati area. Can we go in the bathroom and turn the lights off together? And if they didn't beat me up, they usually like, oh, that's pretty cool. But the reason I did that was I wanted a dark environment. So instead of just talking about the features and benefits of this glow in the dark material, I wanted to show them the problem, the solution. The problem was turning the lights off in the bathroom and you can't see a hand in front of your face. You don't know where the door is. You don't know how to get out. The solution was this glow in the dark material that gives you that visual light reference point. Right. Um, Eventually left my job at Lilly, went to this big trade show, a firefighter trade show, In three days, we booked almost $100,000 in sales.
0: Wow. Now, the
1: problem was I had no money to buy the raw materials. I had no production capabilities. I had no way to distribute it and to market and to package it. But I'm a Marine, and we always believe in mission accomplishment first, troop welfare second. Everyone else is like, Zach, you got to stop taking these orders. I'm like, hell no. We spent a lot of money to go to this trade show. We'll figure this out. You know, we literally were building the boat as we were on the water floating away and um, made some really tough decisions. I had to refinance my home. I had to max out my credit cards. I had to bring literally every penny that I owned to dump in to buy those raw materials and, you know, filled those orders and um, eventually raised some venture capital financing. And over the next decade, I grew it into about a 30 million dollar company by the time we uh, got to where we are today. And, um, a lot of ups and downs along the way, a lot of things that I learned to do and not to do, but, um, you know, that, that really is the basis of warrior enterprises and the book warrior entrepreneur was all those lessons I learned during that journey.
0: And that's, and you know, that's amazing because, you know, something so, you know, you would think it's something so simple because we see all these glow in the dark necklaces, you know, and all this other stuff, you know, to take that, that, material or that concept, and incorporated into clothing, or, you know, hats, or whatever it is. um, How does it stand up? Because I know those glow in the dark necklaces and all that other stuff, you know, they will fade, you know, fairly quickly. How does your this work in the environment that you're in?
1: So, there's three kind of glow in the dark. So, the first one is chemical luminescence, which is like the glow stick, the okay. necklaces, you crack them, and it's a chemical reaction. Eventually, that chemical reaction, after a couple hours, will, will go away. And once it goes away, it never comes back.
0: Okay. Then you have
1: bioluminescence, which would be like the firefly or the jellyfish. And, you know, that has do with a very complicated uh, mechanism of action through biology. But what we use is called photoluminescence, which means we're using light to charge up a crystal. As that crystal gets that light energy, it's the photons. It will then release it over a slow amount of time. Now, most of the glow in the dark that you and I are used to using in the novelty field is a zinc-based product. What I was able to do is utilize these rare earth elements called strontium and europium, very expensive, very, very hard to find and to process and suspend them in different carriers like silicone, epoxy, resins, um, plastics, vinyls, and get them to glow at an extremely high rate for a very long period of time. Now, the transition was as I started to build my firefighter business, and I've got about 100,000 firefighters in 25 countries using our products. The big opportunity is there's 100 million exit signs in the United States. Yeah. Every one of those exit signs needs batteries, needs light bulbs, needs electricity. There's a loophole in the code that says you don't have to have that exit sign electrified. It just has to be visible in total darkness for 90 minutes. And with that glow, we were able to build exit signs out of that. And guess what? Who inspects the exit signs? The firefighters do. And because I built all that brand equity up with the firefighters and they knew me not only as their brother firefighter, but as this semi-famous firefighter entrepreneur that's posting all this stuff on Facebook and writing blogs and getting featured on Yahoo.com and testifying in front of Congress um, it made it a lot easier for us to get those certifications and those testing and approvals from those firefighters as we started to sell our exit signs.
0: You know, this is a fascinating story because, you know, here you are. Now you worked for um, Lily, e- e- Lily, correct? Okay. Yes, ma'am. For, is that where you learned the chemical and that, the, the chemical base on this? Where did you learn the science? behind what you're incorporating?
1: This is what I learned at Lilly. I learned how to talk to scientists that knew this stuff and Uh how to get them to answer those questions. I can't even spell the word strontium, let alone know what it does and how it works. But I did have a lot of experience at Lilly working with our research laboratories and some of these brilliant scientists talking about, hey, that's great that you guys can invent this molecule, but unless I can sell it, It ain't going to make any money. And more importantly, I have this need out there. Can we help you guys do that research to find it? And so that's what helped me. Um, You know, I then was able to work with people from ranging from scientists to physicists to, you know, just some guy working at a uh, factory that does extrusions and be able to talk that language, um, but at the end of the day I don't I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. I just knew how to organize people to do it.
0: and you knew where the gap was. You knew where the gap was in the, in the firefighting industry you know um, that you could fill, and this is where a lot of entrepreneurs you know, when they start thinking about you know, oh, I want to go out on my own, you know that type deal, I want to start my own business a lot of this stuff they have at their fingertips they you know they they've worked for years for different companies just like you did with Eli and everything else you know you know that there's gaps out there that you can take advantage of but where do you go to find the help that you need in order to do it and, um, and
1: now is the greatest time in the history of the world to be an entrepreneur because dance. you can sit on the beach in your car at home with an iPhone and get all that yeah. you can come up with an idea you can protect that idea, you can create articles and in corporation. you can find manufacturers and distributors. And within a matter of an hour or two, you can create your own company, have it actually up and running on a web store and be making money before you go to bed that night. It's amazing the access of what we have to technology and those people and how small the world is now, because I can get a um, graphic designer from the Philippines and pay him five dollars for the same thing that I was spending ten thousand dollars having some you know fancy uh, firm down in uh, New York City do that same job for me now.
0: Right right. I'm working on a project right now, a federal project right now and we're working with people all over the world. you know the team you know is part of the gig economy. it's part of you know these people from you know Thailand and, and India and you know and stuff like that. So uh, nowadays, as long as you can communicate clearly with them, this is a resource that small business owners can take advantage of.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I got in some pretty big arguments with some of my friends. They're like, you can't do that. You can't send business overseas. You know, you don't. And I'm like, guys, you're already dead. And you don't even know you're dead. This is like Blockbuster telling people no one's going to stream videos. You got to go to the thing. It's like Kodak when everyone's talking about digital things and they're trying to come out with the new film that processes faster. Guys, you got to be able to evolve and change because that is the way of the future now.
0: COVID has definitely uh, opened up the world, you know, um, for for entrepreneurs here, you know, even with, you know, the, the pandemic and things like that, you know, working virtually has just really opened up the world even more so, you know.
1: The only constant is change, and if you can't... Um, ride that wave, you're going to get crushed by that wave. Wow. Um, one of the things I spent a lot of time talking about on my podcast and in my book is this concept of chaos. Yeah. And immediately we want to organize chaos. You can't organize chaos. that It is chaos. Mm-hmm. You have to embrace chaos and understand that volatility and that that it's, it's it, just because something happened in the past doesn't mean it's going to happen in the future. And once you can make that transition to embracing chaos and mitigating chaos, rather than organizing it and controlling it, the better off you're going to be. And the best example I can give is the business plan. You know, everyone's like, I got to see your business plan. Where's your business plan? I want a 40 page business plan written by an MBA. And I can tell you right now, the great philosopher, Mike Tyson said, everyone's got a great plan until they get punched in the mouth. Or as we said in the Marine Corps, you know, no battle plan survives the first shot downrange. Yes, you have to plan. But the reality is, is a good business plan can be written on the back of a napkin. A good business plan should be on a whiteboard and not on some crazy spreadsheets and other type of stuff because... Your ability to adjust and change is going to make you successful, not your ability to stick to a business plan and be very rigid and not embrace all the stuff that happens, um, that's going to happen, that you don't know what it's going to be.
0: I'm a strategist by trade. And most people think strategy is all about rigid. You know, it's all about rigid and it's not, you know, um, you know, when you look at it, a strategy is anticipating What could go wrong? And like you said, you mitigate, you come up with different strategic uh, roadmaps or or journeys that you could take to mitigate what might happen. Now, COVID was something we could not anticipate happening, you know, Um, but there are other things that we can, you know, economic recession its it's, you know, generally it's a 10 year cycle.
1: So (laughs) let's talk about COVID for a second and and what we did and and where my entrepreneurial and warrior entrepreneurial attitude came in. So first of all, let's back up for a second. The the warrior journey that I talk about a lot has really three parts. The first part is adversity and challenge. That's that iron sharpens irons. That could be the adversity you had in corporate America. It could be The challenges you had of either losing a previous business or something, you're going to learn from that. The concept of failing forward and learning from that.
0: Exactly. Oh, I love that. But at some
1: some point in time in your life, you're going to have this crucible. And this is the biggest crisis of your life. Now, the crucible could be death of a family member, it could be a divorce of alcohol or drug problem. Or in my case, my crucible was running out of money and, and almost thinking I was going to have to file for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. In that crucible, that chaotic point in your life, you're going to have what's called the abyss. And the abyss really starts to come into clear. Now, the great philosopher Nietzsche once said, if you stare long enough into the abyss, eventually the abyss will stare back. And what that means, is it will consume you. If you're in that toxic relationship, if you're knee deep into that bottle or in the needle, the longer you're there, the harder it is to get away from it. In your business, if you're failing, the longer you're failing, the more you're getting used to that, it, the harder it is to get out. So what you have to do with the, uh, with the um, abyss is honor it, respect it, just though you would respect a, a, a big truck that's driving down the road. You're not going to spend too much time thinking about it. You're going to keep walking on that sidewalk. But you know that if you step out in the road, you are going to get splattered and be dead before you know it. But then, then you have to do two things to get through your crucible. You have to transform and you have to conquer it. So what I did was when I was in my crucible, realizing that I was killing our company because I wouldn't get out of the way. I was micromanaging people. I resigned as CEO for my own company and I hired a new CEO. So mm-hmm. that was my transformation. The conquering what I did is that I'm not going to go back to the way things were. When I was a one-man operation, I've got to put that part of my life aside and recognize the company's bigger than me. So at this point in time, I was able to get someone that could really focus on the financials and the day-to-day blocking because I never did that. The reason we ran out of money wasn't because we stopped selling. We actually started selling too much and got above our skis. And we were actually spending money to process those sales orders faster than we were taking money in to get paid on those orders. That's where we got in trouble. So now I'm focused because I will tell you right now, most entrepreneur and founders are really shitty CEOs. They don't really do a great job at it because we're all about innovation and creativity and not those skills that you need to run a business, not start a business, big difference of of dedication, attention to detail and focus. COVID happens. Now, instead of me having to be responsible for all that stuff I was doing before when I was a CEO, I could be the visionary. And what I realized is, when we make our exit signs, we use these big, you know, sheets of dry or uh, sheets of um, plexiglass that was almost the size of a drywall. And instead of cutting it into an exit sign this big, we started cutting them into larger signs. And because of the free time I had, I was able to work with a couple of our distributors. And literally within a couple of days, we became Home Depot's number one distributor of COVID protective products. We did more business during COVID than we did prior to COVID because we were able to pivot and embrace that change. A non-warrior would come back and go, Oh my God, what? We don't have a new business plan. What are we going to do? We can't sell any exit signs. The firefighters aren't seeing us. No, you got to improvise, overcome, adapt, all those things they taught me in the Marine Corps and in the infantry. And that's really what got us to, to where we are today, not only surviving the pandemic, but absolutely flourishing as a result of it.
0: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You know, being able to take a step back and take a look at where things are in situations like COVID, you know, I did the same thing. I um, I was, you know, uh, as, as a strategist, a lot of what I was doing was one-on-one. Well, naturally, when COVID started, it stopped, you know, but... What I did was I took the next 20 to 24 months and built an academy, taking all my IP and putting it in there so that they could do it online, you know, that type deal. So, yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah, you have to be able to pivot. You have to be able to pivot. You know, you talked about, um, I was laughing when you were talking about the butt, the, the, the truck, you know, and stuff like that, because I was down in Brazil uh, back in 2000, um. 12 11 and 12 and was actually hit by a bus down in Brazil. And so, you know, yeah, y- you know, how you that that was my crucible. That was my crucible coming out of that because that was the transformation moment for me for me to really understand who I am and what it's going to take for me to come out of this. You know, and that's what you're talking about there. So, yeah, um, I
1: think um I learned from a chaplain in the Navy who was a Marine uh, minister to the Marines. And he said, when you're in a crisis, all options are available to you. Now those options would never be even thought of unless you're in a crisis. So when you were in that horrible situation, you looked at options that you would never have considered beforehand and that crucible night, and you learned from that. I I mean, it's a horrible experience to go through, but when you come back, What doesn't kill you makes you stronger and you're still living. And I can guarantee you're a hell of a lot stronger now than you were before that, because you didn't realize the fortitude and the mental toughness that you had until you had to call on those strengths.
0: Right, right. That and you don't realize what really drives you, what's what's below the surface um, uh, drivers, I guess you could say, you know, because there is something definitely, you know, below the surface that either causes you to hesitate or to move forward and break through, you know, so, so, um, we talked about the crucible, we talked about the warrior's journey, you know, all of that. (laughs) So what are, what are the most important things for entrepreneurs to focus on?
1: You know, I, I think there's three questions that every entrepreneur has to ask themselves if they're going to be successful. The, the first one is, have you solved a problem in a unique and elegant way? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, your success is going to be able to articulate a solution to a problem. And where you really can do well is when you show someone they have a problem they don't even know, and you show them you have a solution for that. So that, that's number one. Number two, you've got to have an unfair competitive business advantage. I didn't say illegal. I didn't say unethical, but unfair. You know, there, there are no points out here for saying, well, I, I, I was got in trouble and that's not fair. Well, life's not fair. So what is an unfair advantage? Think of David and Goliath. Um, we are competing against the Goliaths. When you look at the, the backdrop you have behind you in these big buildings and these big companies with money that we couldn't even imagine You're not going to be able to fight them one on one, just as David didn't fight Goliath one on one. If you remember back to your Sunday school, that story was Goliath said, Come to me, was the first thing he said to David. Had David come to Goliath, he would have ripped him apart. But David chose number one, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I'm going to find his weaknesses and I'm going to exploit them. He wasn't fast. He wasn't nimble his eyesight wasn't good he couldn't see the rock coming at him so that's what we need to think of as that unfair advantage so what's an exact example of that an unfair advantage would be you've invented this coffee paper coffee cup that keeps your coffee warm and you get a one-year exclusive with uh starbucks an unfair advantage for me was when we were trying to source the plexiglass for our COVID protective materials We actually prepaid for eight shipments. So that way, not only did we get guaranteed, I also got guaranteed that my competition couldn't get access to that raw material that was in short demand. That was an unfair advantage. Yeah. The third thing you need is kick-ass sales marketing distribution. It has to be absolutely over the top. It does not matter how good your product is. If nobody knows about it and they can't buy it and they can't find it and hear about it, you're not going to be very successful distribution. Again, you can have a great product, but if the only way they can get it is to show up to your house and knock on the door, your distribution is going to be very, very limited. That's why it's better to have your product listed on Amazon and make less money because they have a really good distribution model and process and system that's out there. The marketing product, if you remember, there was a guy named Gary Dahl. He created what's called the Pet Rock. It was a rock. It sold millions of dollars because and of the way he marketed his and everything else
0: for it. <laughs>
1: the biggest thing that's ever, I think, happened, and we see it almost every day. We probably see it every day. Is bottled water. It's free. It's water it is a probably close to a trillion dollar industry by the time you add up all the sales. And the reason why is because Coca-Cola bought Dasani and Pepsi bought, you know, whatever their thing was. And they had a distribution process in the plant so they could go out there and get it into the stores and people could buy that. But at the end of the day, it's free. You're selling almost nothing with, with bottled water. They say, oh, it tastes better than well, BS. I mean, it's, it's still water, Okay. So those three things really spend time to focus and 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 understand and embrace those questions as an entrepreneur.
0: No, definitely. Definitely. Oh, that's 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 great information, you know, really when you think about it, you know. So what's next for you?
1: So I'm um kind of building off of the book. Um, the goal here is to do two things. One is I've I've got this incredible online training course that um, I'm almost completed. Um, It's not going to be like your typical online training course. This is going to be more like an adventure that you have to go on and you have to earn um, merit badges, if you will, during each step of the adventure. And that's going to take you through that warrior journey and exercises. There's workbooks. There's things that we do to talk about courage and talk about tenacity. And as we get through each one of those steps of that process, you start to build Um, the warrior um, mindset. And from there, that then makes you eligible to get one-on-one coaching from me to help take part in seminars and live events. Um, Also doing some business-to-business coaching. I've got a great team of uh, colleagues that we can go into businesses and show you how to be nimble and innovative like an entrepreneur, but still have the accountability and discipline of the military. And we're going to do that through experiential learning. So not just spending time in the office, we're going to get you out of the office and actually get you into the woods and take you through military training and tactics and show you how those tools that you're going to use in the office to solve those problems are the same ones we can do to solve these physical uh, obstacles that are out there.
0: Very, very interesting. So you're gamifying your um your e-learning is what you're doing so
1: gamifying and experiential leadership yeah. those are the two big things that we're oh, really trying good. to
0: focus very on. good now and that's where you need to go nowadays you know um even with my academy that's what we're looking at is how do we gamify some of this stuff you know um while at the same time they're learning what they need to learn you know um so anyway um one thing you told me to ask you, how do you pronounce Worcestershire
1: sauce? I, I still can't pronounce it, so I don't know. That's what I was asking you for.
0: <laughs> I just said it. Worcestershire.
1: There you go. You're, you're the first one that got it right. How do you say it? <laughs> Worcestershire.
0: Worcestershire. I yeah. guess that could be the English way of saying it.
1: <laughs> like tomato, tomato.
0: Yes. So how can people get a hold of you should they watch it?
1: So the best way to get a hold of me is go to my website. It's warriorentrepreneurbook.com. Um, in that there is a contact us section at the bottom. Please, please, please fill out your uh, name, phone number, email. That'll get you on my list to so let you know when our online training course and all those materials come out. Um, also gives you an opportunity to spend some time with me if that's something you wanted to do. And and um, I love doing keynote speeches and you know, lectures. Um, so I, I, that's one of my big passions and do a lot of that. Um, the other way is LinkedIn and then finally email Zachary L green at gmail.com. And, um, you know, uh, we can kind of keep in touch from there.
0: All right. No, that it's, it's, uh, Zachary L green at Gmail. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And I'll be putting that into our transcripts and things like that. So, all right. All right. Anna,
1: it's been a real pleasure to speak with you today.
0: No, it definitely has. And I'd like to talk more down the road when you start getting your e-learning, your your course done and things like that, because that's what we're into is the e-learning and the um, online course development. So,
1: Well, I would absolutely love to do that. And, And the way that this course will come about, you know, originally was set up just for entrepreneurship, but this really isn't about entrepreneurship. It's just about having a successful life and applying these tools and tactics to everything. And instead of feeling sorry for yourself because bad things happen to you or challenges happen to you, I want you to be proud of it because that's what shapes you into the character and the person that you are.
0: Very good. Very good. Well, that concludes our session for today. Make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast delivery platform you are on today or go to Charged Up Studios Facebook page and leave a review there. If you want to learn more about the different topics or skill sets associated with growing a successful business, visit our online learning academy, marketatomy.academy. I look forward to talking to you again once more next week, um, where we'll have another exciting episode where, a small bus- where small businesses get charged up for success. Until next time, goodbye.